Well, happy Independence Day weekend. <laughs> My wife said today, she's, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah, I got to tell it. She said, they should always have 4th of July on, on Saturday or Sunday, I think. I don't know what she said. On the weekend. <laughs> I said, honey, it's on the 4th. Makes it have to, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, my wife, she loves you guys. She is your biggest advocate. And you don't maybe know that. And she knows that. But she knows y'all, some of you, I, I know, I know a lot more about most of you than you think I do. You know what I mean? I do. I pray for you all. I pray for you in the spirit. I pray for you. And uh, God shows me things. Beautiful thing and other things. But not to ever hurt you, but just to help you, to love you. But my wife, she's very discerning. And she is like a mama bear when it comes to y'all. Believe me. The only time you'll see her upset is when somebody, somebody is ugly about certain people. <laughs> Never mind. I got a joke for you. How come there's no knock-knock joke about freedom? Because freedom reigns. <laughs> Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us and this opportunity for your children to gather together and worship you and to come to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and to benefit from all that is ours by inheritance as children of God. So we thank you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for using me today. Thank you for the anointing that rests on me and on your precious word to break every yoke. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? Amen. Hello. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered again from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. I love Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David preaching to his own soul from his spirit, reminding himself, don't forget all of God's benefits. Be encouraged. Who forgives all your sin or all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy or kindness and satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The answer is, it's the Lord. So give him thanks. Amen. So again, I'm going to ask you, how much thankfulness do we have? Are we thankful? Amen. Amen. First Timothy chapter two, the first few verses. Paul told Timothy, so first of all, then I urge you that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority. So we're supposed to pray for everyone that's in authority. You say, well, that's it. That's not a godly person that's elected in that office. Well, what's the best thing could happen to them? Did Jesus get a hold of their heart and change them, right? That's why we pray. Hallelujah. You never know. You never know who's going to change and be a great asset for the kingdom of God. And what influence they would have, you know? Hallelujah. So that we may lead, and he tells you there's a benefit to praying for all of those leaders, that we may lead a tranquil or peaceful life, quiet life, in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. 
So we only live by one law. That's the law of love. You say, well, what about the Ten Commandments? Well, no. You just have one law. But I'll tell you this. If you love me, you're not going to murder me. <laughs> if you love me, you're not going to steal from me. Amen? Amen? So that law takes care of all the other laws and then some. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And it's beautiful. The motivation now, see, is beautiful. It's because we have the love of God in us and we live out of the overflow. There are five, at least five, let's say there's five major aspects or influential aspects of our culture, our society. Business, education, government, media or entertainment, and the pulpit. And would you believe this Bible has instructions on every area of life, including all five of those things? Amen. And for not only for your day-to-day -day life, but for your work life. Whatever, whatever path God puts you on. You see, God needs doctors and lawyers and school teachers and Preachers and athletes. You see, God needs his people injected into every area of our culture. Yeah. We need to take those things back from the devil. No. Hallelujah. Most of, you know, most of the men in, in Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, they were in government. So if, if, if we're not supposed to have anything to do with it, then why were they involved in it? <laughs> I'd say we need to, we need to re, rethink that and start from the school board all the way up to the presidency, huh? God-loving, spirit-filled, God-fearing people, men and women who love God and love our country. Amen. Amen. By all means, we need more than ever to protect the young people in our nation against Satan's schemes. Amen. You know why? I don't want to get too far off into the the weeds or the ugly here, but I'm just I'm gonna make sure that at least here at Grace and Truth Church we're all on the same page and we understand the the severity of this, how important and the urgency is. But you know, except for the young people here, you can all look back and think of the time when you were 20 years old. You still didn't really, and no offense, young man, you guys are way ahead of the curve, but when I was 20, and probably most of you, I, I didn't know anything. I thought I knew everything, and I didn't know anything. I certainly wasn't prepared to make a lot of the decisions that I did, and because of it, they were all wrong. But what about at five years old? Yeah. How would you think you would feel being a 20-year-old boy laying in bed thinking, man, my parents had me castrated when I was five years old because I, I wore my, I played with my sister's dolls, you know? What kind of culture would allow that? Mama bears in this country are going to win it back for us. Amen. For God. Amen. It makes me sick to think of some of the things that people just think are reasonable. 
is how demonic the influence is over our culture. I'm sorry, that's kind of graphic today. I apologize. I'm not going to go any further because that's, that's, that's right between the eyes right there. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Oh man, that's a mouthful. And you know it's both ends of the spectrum. It's not only the, the ones that hate God openly. And, and just flaunt it, but it's all the way on the other end at the very, the religious hypocrites who don't even see their own pride. It's both. Romans 1, verses 18 through 23. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You see, it's a choice. They have to suppress the truth to get to the place where they're at. For what can be known about God is plain to them. Look at that. Because God has shown it to them. Nobody going to stand before God and say, well, I was an atheist and I just didn't believe and I just never, you know, I never knew. He's going to, He's going to show them where he showed himself to them. They won't be judged on things they don't know. They'll be judged on the known truth that they suppressed. God is a just God. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God. They did not honor him as God. Or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise. They became fools. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God. For images resembling mortal man. And birds and animals. And creeping things. Boy, now there's, there's something, isn't it? Genesis, uh, I always remember it's a, the first chapter of the 26th verse because that's my wife's birthday, January 26th. But Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, Let us, that's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Listen to this. Let man have dominion, control, power, authority over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of man, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then now you've got people. They start making carving images of a of a creeping thing and a bird and a serpent, everything we're supposed to have dominion over, and they start worshiping it. Mm -hmm. What in the world? In this very day, in certain nations around the world, the people starving all over the place, and you got cows walking right through people's living room, and they're worshiping them. <laughs> Religion will make you dumb as dirt. I'm sorry, was that mean? I, I'm not trying to be mean. I have a neighbor that I, you know, I love him because he's lived next door to me. His wife passed away recently. I've been trying to invite him to church and, you know, and 
trying to get him to read my book. He just flat out told me, nope. And he said, I'm an educated man. I'm, I've been all around the world. I've seen some things. I've seen Muslims and Hindus and everything, good people. You mean, you want me to tell them just because they don't know Jesus that they're going to hell? You know that that you need a you need a lot more understanding about what you're saying. But absolutely, <laughs> he said no thanks. But if he knew the truth, he wouldn't feel that way. So I'm not going to give up praying for him. Amen. 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 There was a time I was a delegate to the Democrat State Convention on the nominating committee. And I believed all the same stuff that they, well, not as crazy, nobody believed the crazy stuff they believe today. But I did. But that's because I didn't know God, you see. Amen. God created everything for his and your pleasure. That's right. You were the object of this creation. We're the ones. He gave us dominion or control over it, right? God gives it over. That's a, a legal transaction. God says it was ours. Adam and Eve I'm talking about. God looks at the seed. Remember that? So... Everyone born since Adam has his seed. That's why they all have a fallen sin nature until they get born again and then they get Jesus' seed and that old one's cast out. You don't have a dual nature. You have one, then the other, hopefully, if you ever get Jesus. But he gave us dominion and then we're the ones that gave it away. Again, speaking of the seed of mankind, right? That's why Satan is the God, little g, of this world. But it never was supposed to be that way. Who was supposed to be the God of this world? Us. God created it for us. But that's why Jesus, we gave it away. That's why Jesus had to come as a man in order to be qualified as a man. Because God gave it to man and God is just, you see. So Jesus said, I'll go. And he did what he did. To redeem us from the curse of sin and death. Glory to God. To be our kinsman redeemer. For now, Satan is still in control of the world. But we believers, even though we're in the world, we are not of the world. We are citizens of heaven. And we are here as ambassadors of the king. Jesus Christ. And he has given us freedom from the enemy and authority over all the works of the enemy. In him. All the power of the devil. Not powerful against us if we know it. And use our authority in the name of Jesus. Because everything in heaven and earth must bow the knee to the name of Jesus Christ. And you've been given authority to use his name, just like a credit card. Jesus. Ephesians 1, verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Not will, has. That's the perfect tense. He did it. It's still happening. Not going to stop has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You see, that throws some people off. Yeah, when we get to heaven, well, listen, why are you going to need, what are you going to need when you get to heaven? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not just waiting for you in heaven, folks. Yes, it's going to be wonderful when we all get to heaven. But listen, in the prayer to the Ephesians, the apostle Paul was praying and I, I gave you a copy of that in the New Living Translation, I think. And I've talked about it. I've been mentioning it. I hope you've been praying it over yourselves and asking. But, but what, 
What did Paul pray that God would give you? Or what did Paul pray that God would keep the devil from doing to you? Nothing and nothing. He prayed an important prayer 2,000 years ago that would go on forever. And the Holy Spirit is the author of this book. And he put upon his heart what to pray. And it wasn't that God would do anything for you except that you would receive revelation knowledge of what you already have in Christ. Amen. God is not responding to our needs today. We were blessed in him before he ever created the world. Before we ever had a need, he anticipated everything and made the provision for that need. Before he ever set a man in the garden, he created everything that they would ever need. And not only them, but you. Oh, somebody's going to get this today. We just have to draw it out by faith. Everything we need is in our born again spirit. The kingdom of God. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? He has put this treasure in these earthen vessels. Oh, if you learn who you are. Oh, you're going to be stronger than horseradish. We just have to agree with God. And our faith now is just a positive response to what Jesus has already provided to us through his atoning sacrifice on the cross. Calvary. Romans 5.17 says, we are supposed to reign, R-E-I-G-N. That means rule and have dominion over. To reign as kings in this life. That means rule and reign over sickness and rule and reign over circumstances and rule and reign over poverty. Because Jesus bore all the curse. What was the first curse? Spiritual death and then immediately into poverty and then sickness and, or death. It all began. And Jesus bore all that. All that remains are the blessings and everything, all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen for those who believe. There was a minister named Kenneth E. Hagin. They called him Daddy Hagin. Great faith man. The Lord visited with him quite a number of times from an early age when he was sick and not supposed to live and he was healed and Went on to do great things. Still got his school up there in Tulsa. But circa 1940-something, 39 to 40-something, I don't know. You can look it up if it's important to you. But he needed some money. He had moved from one job as a pastor where they started scraping by looked like they were going to make it and he took another one that the Lord asked him to and it was for less money and his, his children were not eating well they, he couldn't afford to get them new shoes etc the ends weren't meeting and he went to God and he said, he said I, I, you, you said Lord you said Lord that in, in Isaiah 119 if I'm willing and obedient I, I would eat the good of the land and the Lord told him, well, well, you're not qualified for that. He says, well, what do you, what do you mean, Lord? He said, you know that I have been faithful and, I, and, I, and I've been obedient. I, I, I've done everything that you asked. He said, oh, yeah, you, you've been 
obedient in most things, but regarding your finances, you have not acted in faith. He says, well, I repent right now. I, I'm willing. I'm obedient now. What, what is it? <laughs> Wouldn't you? Just tell me what I'm doing wrong, Lord. That's, that's what I always ask. He says, well, you're not in faith regarding your finances. He said, you see, God, God doesn't have any money in heaven. Did y'all know that? <laughs> There's not a $5 bill up there. When God wants to bless you, he sends a person. Huh? And who is in control? We just talked about it. Who is in control of the world and most of the money in the world? Little G. We gave it away to him. Who is it? Satan. Satan. Am I wrong? He's the God of this world for a time, right? I mean, just look around. <laughs> he is in charge of most of the money. He thinks it's all his. It's in the wrong hands, folks. It was never, he was never supposed to be. Is it God is a, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills? It's because he created it all for him and for us. But we gave it away. And now Jesus has come and 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 he he has he has taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave. The, the enemy is defeated. But he's still in charge of the world and those who haven't come to Jesus. Inside of Christ, now we have power and authority and dominion over all the works of the devil. And believe me, he's stolen a lot from most of us. And it's only because what we didn't know was killing us about God. So he needed $150 a week. And the Lord told him, here's what you do. You claim it. And see, this is where a, a lot of bad doctrine came out of this. And so people, they generally will throw out the baby with the bathwater when things go south, right? But this man always heard, he heard from God. He's visited with God on many occasions. There, anyone who laughs in his face or I, I, you know, I, I would never do that. I don't ever say anything against men and women of God if I can help it. If I do, it's because I know that they're teaching wrong doctrine and things like that. And I just, and the Lord has instructed me to kill a sacred cow or two. So he says, you go up there and you, this is legitimate need. It's not like, see, in, in, uh, in James, the brother of Jesus, he, he said, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask for your own lust and pleasure. So he's not talking about somebody who just wants to go and, hey, give me a million dollars and my neighbor's wife and I'm going to run off to Vegas, Lord. Claim that, you know. No, 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 no. He's assuming some things here. He's assuming he's talking to his children who love him and are in agreement. Uh, do I have to qualify that? No. We get that, right? Yeah. He says, go in there and claim what you need. And then you say, now, Satan, you take your hand off of that money. And then the third thing, you say, now, go ministering spirits and cause that money to come. And he, and he said, like, like I say, whoa, wait a minute. Those, they, those, those, those angels work for you, God. They don't, they don't, I don't tell them what to do. I there's only one mediator between God and man. That's the, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's, he said, go. He says, doesn't it say in Hebrews 1 that are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for those who are to inherit salvation? So listen. I, that one to me is a little sticky, that part. So I've been praying about it and praying about it. But listen, here's, here's what the Lord showed me a long time ago. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right? People like that, that God will give you the desires of your heart part. But again, a lot of times they're thinking of their own lust of the flesh and what they want and so forth and so on. But it says, Delight yourself in the Lord 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, when your heart is aligned with God, then your desires are his desires. Hello. He puts his desires in your heart. He said, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Amos 3, 3. So in other words, once you get in lockstep with God, he's not going to change and become like you. Hello. No need. He's already perfect. So you get in agreement with God, and then your desires will be his desires. And his desires for you to be in good health and prosper, isn't it? Yeah. He's the God of more than enough. He's the God of love and peace and health and joy and prosperity. But you see, the church has been deceived into believing that, that money is evil. No, poverty is evil. Poverty is of the devil. The love of money is evil. But money is necessary. And it's a great tool in the hands of a good steward who loves God and honors God in his home, in his life, in all his ways. Because he sees himself as a child of God and knows that he has a father in heaven who loves him or her. Yeah. yeah. So God's not responding to our needs. He's already provided for our needs. Everything good. All things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to us. Ephesians 1, 6 says, To the praise of, glory, of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted or blessed in the Beloved. You are accepted, blessed in Christ. There's only one other place in Scripture where that word that's used for as accepted in uh, the King James there in the Greek is used. And that's when Gabriel told Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You are highly favored Amen. in God. Amen. You know with me? Yeah. Yes, sir. Is it all scripture? Yes, Am I just putting things together to make them add up to what I want them to say? Or is this? Thank you. Thank you. I know that, but I just want to see if you know it. Because I can start over and use other scriptures to say the same thing. Two or three witnesses. Every word shall be established. 1 Corinthians 2.16, I'm just trying to tell you about your, your personal ID now, your new identity in Christ. I want you to know who you are and have confidence and boldness in that. Not arrogance, boldness, confidence, security in your identity in Christ and the love of God for you. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says you have the mind of Christ. What? Now you lost me, Pastor. 1 John 2.20, you have an unction, a knowing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Look it up. You say, man, I don't know anything. I had to go back in the house three times to get stuff I forgot before I could leave for church this morning. Couldn't find my glasses. They were right on top of my head. <laughs> you get it out of your spirit, which you can't discern with your natural senses. This is the born again part of you. One third of your salvation is over, sealed, perfected forever. And how do you get it out of there into here? <laughs> Into here and here, where you can use it and benefit it from in the sweet now and now. By confessing the word, confessing the promises, what God says about you instead of what you see, what he says. Confess those promises, agreeing with God, seeking God. God said, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Have you done those last three words yet? Or four? <laughs> and 
mean, I'm not trying to make a work out of it. You want to make it really easy? By praying in tongues. This is where people go, I know I did. I was like, man, I can see. I stumbled onto where God's led me into the real truth, the real Jesus, which is what I was asking for, but I'm not doing that. No way. That's not God. Those are my very words. And you know what they said? Okay, no problem. And within just a few days, man, wonderful things were happening. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about it. Verse 18, he says, I thank God that I pray, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Amen. He says, I wish all of you did. As it says, when you pray in tongues, you're praying mysteries and the hidden wisdom of God. You see, how many of it, does that sound good to you? Amen. Jude, the, the brother of, of Jesus says, it builds you up. You build yourself up in love and in the most holy faith when you're praying in the spirit. You see? So your spirit is praying the supernatural answer to whatever your problem is. It's powerful, brothers and sisters. I'm just telling you. If you ever see the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues, it's your private prayer language. I'm not talking about the gift that's that can be utilized in a church setting, but it must have a translation with it. I will never let things get crazy in here. You're not going to see any snake juggling. <laughs> this is for your private prayer lane. When you go into your closet, shut the door. Shut the door on everybody else's business. It ain't none of their business. Shut the door on your cares and worries and fears, and you get in there with Jesus. And then you can... Instead of having to pray for an hour to bypass your flesh, you can begin praying in the Spirit and just go straight to the throne room of heaven. Amen. 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 Do you have to? No. You get to. <laughs> he says, builds you up in your most holy faith. So you're being edified. You're being built up. You're being strengthened. You're getting wisdom and the answers for the things that you need. You're, you're, you're calling in the things that of God for yourself. And you're praying for others. Sometimes when you don't even know it. God showed me this and it was beautiful when, when I discovered that. So it made me even happier. It wasn't just all about me. Sometimes he was using me to pray for others. And I was like, that is so cool. There are people that don't really know God, and you know He loves them anyway. And they can be in dangerous situations or in grave need, and He He finds someone with a willing heart who will just let Him see. That's one of the reasons we don't like to we don't like to consider praying in, in tongues and things we can't understand because we don't we, we don't feel like we're in control. You see, but it's just trusting God. And when he got someone that trusts him that way, he can use them to be a benefit and a blessing to others who, who aren't where you are yet. Who don't know the Lord yet. And I have a lot of stories about that and things we could share sometime. Maybe we'll do that on a Wednesday night when we get the, the new building. Amen. And we start talking about uh, the, uh, the gifts and uh, how to ignite those gifts in you and manifestation of those gifts. Amen. <clears throat> Psalm 78 41 says that we can limit God. You realize you can limit God? Yes. Oh, God is sovereign. Whatever will be, will be. This happens just because God's will. No, that's the wrong teaching. God is the Alpha and Omega. He is, he is the big dog. He is the only real God. and He is all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, He's all that in a bag of chips. But listen, he's not overriding everyone's free will. He'll protect your free will all the way to damnation if you choose. Because he doesn't want a family of robots. He wants people that love him for him. And it'll it hurts him, but he'll accept it if you choose if you if you deny him. 
Colossians 3.10. But anyway, our small thinking can limit God. Our complaining can limit God. Colossians 3.10 says, Put on the new man, the renewed mind of Christ. Do you think Jesus ever has to wonder if the Father is going to provide for his needs? Do you think Jesus has to wear a, a, like a second-hand robe? <laughs> Never. Or go hungry? Wonder if he's going to be fed? No. <laughs> the only time Jesus was without those things is when he did it voluntarily for us. When he hung suspended between heaven and earth, rejected by both temporarily, naked, broke, rejected. But he did that just for our benefit, and it was just temporary. So we would never have to endure that again. But most of us are living way below our inheritance. You're starting to see that. Because of wrong thinking. Wrong doctrine. I'm just asking you to consider these things. If everything's not going just as like you hoped it would, or uh, God isn't showing Himself like you thought He was supposed to, maybe you can understand His take on it. That's the point He's trying to make here today. He has made provision for everything you're needing or wanting or believing for or maybe begging him for and asking him for it. He's saying, I can't give you any more than I already have. And I've, I've put spiritual laws in place for your benefit, but you have to learn to work with them, cooperate with them so you can benefit from all the things that I have for you. God anticipated all of our needs. Same with Adam and Eve. But then he didn't go and God didn't go and pull the grapes off the tree for Adam and Eve and then go and dangle them over their mouths and feed them, did he? No. They had to go get them. Huh? Yeah. They had to go get them. Wasn't it with the same when, uh, when the Hebrews, when Joshua brought, brought them into the promised land? All the manna from heaven that rained down stopped, didn't it? Yeah. The food that they ate in the desert for 40 years, it stopped raining down every day. And now they were in the land of milk and honey and the manna stopped. You know, somebody went out there and they looked for the manna. And they, he said, no, you're, you're, you're here now. Go get it. You're in the land, the promised land, the land of milk and honey. Go and get it is what he told them. Some of them didn't even want to go. And he said, how long will you delay in inhabiting the land that God has given you? And so now we're not in the promised land. We're in the land of promises. And all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Matthew 6 said, Jesus said, God knows what you need before, before, you, before you need it. Isn't that right? Yes. And in, in 1 Timothy, Paul, Paul told Timothy, I'm just going to shortcut this stuff so we can let you go. But I, I want to make sure you get this in your spirit and that you meditate on it. I'd encourage you to go back and listen. Write down these scriptures and make them your own. Talk to the Lord about them. Amen. By all means, talk to the Lord about them. Yes. In 1 Timothy, Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Remember that? Yes. For us in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, everything that started after that blank page between Matthew and Malachi... Fighting the good fight of faith is just standing in faith, resting in faith, resting in the finished work of Christ and saying, God says, I, I'm blessed and my provision is on the way. Amen. Just like that ram in the bush when Abraham was going up that mountain to, to sacrifice Isaac. He couldn't see it. He didn't know. But the whole time his, his provision was coming up the other side of that mountain. You got your ram in the bush. It's there. Don't worry. God may not be early, but he's never late. Even when it doesn't look like it, folks. Especially when it doesn't look like it. The 
stronger you stand in faith when the whole world's going, man, I think they're starting to lose it. They need to face reality. You just say, no, I am facing reality. The spiritual realm is more real than this. My God is more faithful than anything else in this world. And I can trust him. And because I trust him, I will stay in perfect peace. And he will provide perfectly for me. And I'm going to call it in. I'm going to call it in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. All the provision that I need come to me now in Jesus' name. Satan, you keep your hands off of me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Send in all the people that you have for grace and truth. All the people who walk in love and love each other. And will love all those who you send to us. And who are willing disciples and don't think they know everything already. You send them, Lord. Send them to us so we can love on them. And help them to grow up in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John 4, 17. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, Jesus, so are we in this world. Do you see yourself that way? Yes. In your born again spirit, you are identical to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to have faith to understand these things. Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we, than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You say, I don't have any power. Yes, you do. If you have Jesus, you have power. You just have to exercise it. And there has to be a, a faith response to the grace of God. In Mark 6, Jesus went to his own hometown. Listen, he, 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 he said he could not do many mighty works there. And then in the Synoptic Gospel, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, it says it because of their unbelief. You see, it was a hindrance. So... Remember in Mark 9, when Jesus was trying to deliver from the, the cast out that demon, he saw this unbelieving crowd coming toward him and he hurried up and cast out the demon before they could get there. Why? Because that in unbelief can be a hindrance. It, it can hinder you, and I'm trying to tell you this to prepare you, so when things don't work like you think and, and the authority that you have doesn't seem to be working, it's not that it's not working. It's that people have a free will. We have power over the, over the works of the devil, not the will of man. You can be hindered by those that you're ministering to. Trust me, folks. And it'll break your heart sometimes. Because you love them. But we don't have authority over their free will. But you do have the power to do it. We just need to be more aggressive, bold in our faith. Remember these things that I'm telling you. Remember Peter and John in the book of Acts? They healed a lot of people. Remember they were, they were going, that, that the one man they healed, and he, and he was expecting a handout. So Peter said, silver and, and gold I don't have, but, but, but what I do have, I give you. What did he have? Authority. In the name of Jesus over all the works of the devil and he said in the name of Jesus rise up and walk and he grabbed him and yanked him up to his feet hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. what I do have they gave him what they did have you have it too God is no respecter of persons you have as much authority as any Christian, any preacher in the world over the works of the devil, but you need to know it. The devil knows if you don't believe it. Ephesians 1, 18 through 20, and I'm done here. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, this is Paul's prayer, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe 
according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in, uh, in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you it's a good place to shout folks you just need to use it Stop going by your feelings. Stop going by your feelings. God says his children, the righteous, shall live by faith. And when you exercise your faith toward the grace of God that has already been accomplished on your behalf, wonderful things will begin to happen. Amen? Amen. All right. Glory to God. Are you blessed today? Yes. You know I love you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're making us thankful people. That, that we are thankful for everything that you've done. Everything that has been provided by the grace of God through the atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ. We receive it all, Lord. Pour it on. Pour it on and make us good stewards of everything that you have for us. We call it in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And we thank you for your ministering spirits, the angels of God, who go out and retrieve everything that it is that you have for us. Anything that's been hindering it, we just command you, Satan, get your hands off of everything that you have for us. Everything that God has for us in the name of Jesus. And we just stand in faith. No matter what it looks like, every time it comes up again, we're just going to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My provision is on the way. You have already made provision. You are already working in the hearts and minds of other people to be a blessing to me. To get the resources that I need to do everything that you have for me to do. And to provide for me and my family. And the, and the health of our family. And the prosperity of our family. And the peace, love, and joy of my relationships. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in Grace and Truth Church. We love you, Lord. We thank you for these wonderful children that you have sent here to be a part of what you are doing in this day and time, Lord. And we just thank you that we'll remember back on these days. And we will say, thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and you are good and you did it. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand back. Hallelujah. Glory.